Yay, Hollywood, you fucking bitches. Welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. A long intro, but doggone it, I think it's worth it. And I'm joined, as always, by Matt Smith. Just to give you an idea of uh, how not very old I am, even though I'm increasingly feeling old. We're getting there, aren't we? Uh, When Doves Cry was the number one song in the U.S. the week I was born. There you go. Not too bad. And I was just just a wee lad at that point. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, man. So uh, we're going to be talking about movies as we always do on this show, but we have to talk about the man in the man in question here. Prince has. I'm in my crushed uh, velvet suit as we speak. I just I'm just wearing the boxers. Uh, you know I'm just it's in mourning. I'm just keeping it uh, conservative <laughs> for Prince. I'm keeping it very conservative. He he would have appreciated. He would have appreciated it very much. So, but yeah, man. Uh, so Prince died, and I just and I happened to get to go see because uh, AMC, I guess, just opened up a whole bunch of theaters like fucking a day and a half after he was gone, and just like we're screening Purple Rain, motherfuckers. Well, and, yeah. Well, you know what happened is uh, since Prince is dead, he's not there to tell Warner uh, Warner Brothers Pictures to fuck themselves yeah. on releasing that movie. They're just like, do it now before anybody knows what the fuck is up. And uh, word on the street is, Prince ain't have no will. So, yeah. whoo, lordy. Um, you know. Well, but we'll uh, I got to say, uh, so, but I, I did. I got to see I got to see Purple Rain on the big screen and everything. And uh, I'll say this. It looked pretty good. It didn't look like the kind of uh, standard digital fare that they end up doing sometimes when it kind of streams in by the satellite and stuff. And that stuff can look mm-hmm. like fucking garbage if it's not done right. Uh, this looks like it was a proper DCP that they were, you know, uh, at least, you know, emailed or, you know, yeah, however right. the fuck they do it. <laughs> Dropboxed. Yo, they, Dropboxing they, that they shit. They ship a fucking hard drive, man. I don't know, man. That was. I if think it's it was, a DCP. They ship a hard drive to that shit. I don't know because it was like dude, it was so fast. Unless they had like, how do you have no, that they many do that on the overnight? We but on the ready working, though within yeah, forty eight yeah, hours. Yeah, because yeah, all it death? is is uploading a bunch of digital files, throwing them in fucking cases, and getting the couriers to take them out. Maybe. 
And, uh, like, we used to, like, when, um, shit, what movie was it? I want to say it was uh, Star Wars Episode Three. When that movie came out, they were working on it, like, the week before it was coming out. Like, fu- like still doing special effects. Not rendering, but, like, fucking doing them. And uh, we got that um, case Thursday at 5 o'clock. Hmm. Which means that they had done like a full render earlier in the week and and like got that shit shipped off on Wednesday, basically. Interesting. I'm seeing so. sensing some Illuminati. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati shit. God man. Almighty, we all knew Prince was gonna die ahead of time. What if what if this was who put this out? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was yeah, it's Warner Brothers. That's that's who he had his long feud with, and then he just went back and like made more albums for Warner Brothers. I'm later. just saying, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you've seen David Warner? <laughs> well, you know, to add to this conspiracy theory. Think about, about that. Warner Brothers, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say, but it is a little fishy that it happened a week after Animaniacs came back to Netflix. Think about that, where we had Prince in Animaniacs. Yep. It, the hole just keeps getting deeper. People. They finally fingered him. <laughs> they fingered for. They fingered him and they got him, but good. <laughs> they finally fingered. Good this. lord! Well, he leaves her behind a vast, vast musical legacy, and if words or if rumors are to be believed, he's got a shitload more that may ever never be released or may be released at some upon some I'm point. I'm sure that every fucking thing in there will be released at some. Point. I mean, we're still getting things from Nirvana. So I don't see. Well, <laughs> the difference is uh, like like between uh, like 82 and uh, and like the late 90s, Prince would record two songs a day no matter where he fucking was. Yeah, I heard about that. World. Uh, so like there's at least that much. But um, yeah, apparently it's it's enough for a new fucking album for the next hundred years every year. Yeah. So, you know. We and got, I don't we, doubt that, knowing how much he fucking recorded. <laughs> but I the, mean, he, he wrote so much shit in the 80s that he couldn't record the good stuff. Yeah. I, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, he was just giving away fucking gold to, like, Morris Day in the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, which you was know? like, oh, my gosh. So so awesome to see just Morris Day just fucking eating a, eating a bit of that scenery in that movie, man. Oh, he's... <laughs> Chewing that shit. He up is just movie. like he is like fucking. It's been forever since I've seen. Purple I was Rain. just I like on Amazon to see if I could snag a Blu-ray, uh, but of course they were sold out like the day after he died. Yeah, and uh, it's still not in stock. Although it says it's 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 back soon, so it will be mm-hmm. shipping within a week if if I order it. Um, but, but what was most egregious about that shit was uh, so I searched every fucking where online, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's out of fucking Purple Rain, Blu-ray, DVD, all that shit. Yeah, the like shitty double feature disc Ooh. with like Purple Rain and Fame. Somebody had up on eBay for fifty fucking dollars. Fifty, holy shit! Right, and oh I just know God. some fucking poor sap paid that much, not knowing that Warner Brothers was immediately going to just reissue all that shit. Yeah, I mean. There, it's there's going to be a an anniversary edition every five years now. Oh yeah. And then there will actually there'll be three. There'll be one every there'll be one every five years, and then there'll be the 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 anniversary of the of the death or something. Well, well, you know what's going to fucking happen, <laughs> and it's going to be crazy because the movie is uh, both of them are fucking uh, god awful. Is um, <laughs> they're going to end up 
because because of his death, uh, I guarantee it. I'm going to call it now. By the end of the year, we will have a copy of both Graffiti Bridge and Under the Cherry Moon on Blu-ray. You're probably not wrong. No. Because they, they were released, they were kind of dumped on DVD just because they figured, well, we got these movies, let's make a buck off of Prince. Yeah. But I guarantee it, hmm. by the end of this year, both of those movies on Blu-ray. Maybe as a collected edition, with Purple Rain. Ooh. Box set style. Ah, Warner Brothers, you just, uh, yeah, yeah. David, find out where David Warner's been, everybody. We just don't fucking know. We don't know. Where his up, whereabouts have been for the past four Up his own ass. That's for damn sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I saw, so we're already into what you've been watching. So I watched Purple Rain, enjoyed it. The people in the theater enjoyed it, and I see more and more people in my Facebook uh, feed going to see it. I think they're holding it over for at least another week or so, man. So, uh, you know. Yeah, I'll probably snag it this week. Get on down. It was. It's only five fucking bucks. Well, it's fucking free on the movie Fuck class. yeah, man. Uh, well, no, that's what I was just saying for like the people that don't that oh, aren't yes. as insane as you and I. Also, go to the AMC down here uh, that I go to. It's fucking three ninety nine before four p.m. Fucking a nice. Yeah, very nice. I, so I, that's I, how I, you okay. We won't talk I, about that on the air for you know perjury. Yeah, reasons. that's how I go to lots of movies. That, lots of movies. We'll just put it at that. Yes. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, I haven't been watching too awful much. I did get to see, um, I was kind of flipping through, trying to figure out something to kind of watch uh, what with my new new acquisition of cable and whatnot. And I'd always heard people talk about uh, Mr. Robot, and I understand that the second season's coming up and not too awful long there, and they had all the stuff available on demand. And uh, So I watched an episode. Um, dug it. Uh, so I'm going to be probably delving a little bit deeper into that. So, uh, yeah, so if, I mean, I've heard a lot of good things from a lot of people, so uh, I'm kind of looking into that. And I'm, you know, and from what I understand, a lot of the just tech jargon and shit in it is like, has been like really, really refined by people who know what the fuck they're talking about. So it's not like CSI where they're just going to spout off some fucking horse shit that doesn't make any sense. This is some, some real techno shit. So, uh-huh. But uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I like the kid that's in it. I forget his name off the top of my head. It's not kind of a regular, you know, the average kind of name like you know Jason or something. Uh, but he's really good. He's been in a lot of kind of little things, and this is his big breakout stuff. So, uh, but I'm digging it. We'll keep watching that. And uh, I feel like I watched something else, but I don't remember. Go ahead, Matt. What do you got? Uh, so I went out to the theater. This is also available on demand. However, uh, I think it's on it's streaming on Amazon as well as. Uh, you know, probably your cable service and shit. Uh, but here it was playing in the theater and I was like, damn it, I'm going to go see it. So I went out to see the new horror comedy anthology film holidays. And, uh, what this is, is, uh, it's several short films themed around holidays, uh, directed by a whole bunch of people. So like, there's not uh, a Z in holidays, is there? No. Okay, good. Uh, and so, I just, uh, I just want to know if I can write this off from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so like Kevin Smith does a short for Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Shore, who, uh, directed Dracula Untold, uh, has a short in here. Uh, Scott Stewart, who made dark skies, um, Sarah Dina Smith, who's known for a little scene, but really good flick called the midnight swim. Uh, Nicholas McCarthy who made the pact. Um, and, uh, a, a handful of other people, right? So it's, uh, it's all these short films. Um, they're all titled the holiday that they are, right? So it was, uh, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, St. Patrick's Day, 
Valentine's Day, Halloween, Christmas, and uh, New Year's Eve. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like most of these movies, uh, some of the segments were more miss than hit. But I think overall it was a pretty even effort. Uh, The two favorites that I had um, coming out of it uh, were probably uh, the uh, Father's Day segment, which is uh, like a really creepy uh, horror film. It's not really part of the comedy part of the horror comedy, uh, where uh, this girl, uh, this girl now grown up, receives a, a cassette player from her father uh, some 20 years ago. Uh, he disappeared, and her mother told her he died. And so she listens to this recording and it's him explaining to her how to come and find him Hmm. Um, and takes her on this weird journey. And it's really fucking creepy and really effective. Uh, The New Year's um, New Year's Eve one uh, is just a really clever twist on like serial killer dating online services Mm -hmm. Um, with everybody's favorite Eli Roth's wife, Lorenza Izzo. Uh, She's in there. And, of course, in Kevin Smith's segment, uh, which I did enjoy but is uh, not as amazing as I was hoping, uh, it is really fucked up and uh, disgusting, which I would expect from Kevin Smith. Um, I mean, the man had a giant shit monster in his movie, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> right. Uh, so, and he uh, made all of Tusk. Sorry, Kev, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. It I don't. True. I, I don't like saying it, but it's true. Well, uh, this one, of course... Of course, uh, stars his uh, his daughter Harley Quinn uh, Smith in uh, in one of the leads. Um, but basically, it involves this uh, kind of pervy dude who is. Um, it takes place on Halloween, so that's the conceit: is uh, it can be tied to these holidays in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to be themed as such. Like one of those um, like shitty things where all of a sudden like at the end like somebody like plops down like uh like one of those pumpkin uh, little baskets that they burn candy in and shit and they're just like see it's, it was on Halloween fuck you <laughs> no 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 there's a, I mean like it ties into it and there's some references made uh, to Halloween shit okay good um but uh but basically what ends up happening in this one is um uh uh <laughs> these three girls uh, one of them Harley Quinn um are like working for this uh, fucking online pervert guy doing cam shows and uh, decide to get some revenge on him. I just like your description of online pervert guy. <laughs> I don't know why that's yeah. funny to me. Just it the is way what it like, is. You know, like, it, like it was his occupation. <laughs> it was his occupation. You know, online pervert guy, as they're wanting to do. No, no, no. He runs like a cam girl. Oh, he ran it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like he's a kingpin of cam girls or something. Kingpin of cam girls. Um, <laughs> so that one was all right. And then I, I do have to give a special shout out for Easter, which I forgot was one of the holidays, but I didn't forget the short uh, because it was one of the weirdest fucking monsters I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it starts out with this uh, little girl trying to, like, being told to close her eyes and go to sleep uh, so the Easter bunny can come. <laughs> um, and, uh, and how like all this shit like <laughs> That's the, what like, I tell the ladies like nobody's ever nobody's ever seen the Easter Bunny terrible uh, all this shit right and uh, she keeps asking her mom all these questions where it seems like she's gotten Jesus and the Easter Bunny confused <laughs> and then when she wakes up uh, in the middle of the night of course the Easter Bunny is there 
And uh, I'm going to spoil the shit out of this because it's so fucking weird. I can't believe it actually happened, uh, but it, it's kind of great. Uh, when she wakes up, the Easter Bunny's there, but it is like a humanoid figure. Oh, my God. Like, like dressed like Jesus in the crucifix uh-huh. with patches of hair, oh, no. like weird fucking body hair and, and a prosthetic rabbit head with no hair on it. And a crown of thorns. Oh my god. And it's fucking bizarre. Wow. Uh, but I have to throw a special shout out. I did enjoy that monster. The wow. shorts, whatever. Like it's all right. But that <laughs> But you see that and you're like, Jesus. Yeah, you're just like, holy wow. shit. This is what that long opening moment was about. Because <laughs> you're sitting there the whole time, like, this girl's a little old to have this much confusion about Jesus and the Easter money. They're but, pretty but separate things. set up for like her having to interact with this shit. And then you're like, oh, that's why they have an older kid. <laughs> 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 because it's prosthetics. It's not like fucking any kind of animation. It is right. fucking, there is a dude with a Somebody sat and made fucking that. costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's why the girl's old. <laughs> like somebody looked at it and like they said, like they had to come in in the middle of it and go, Good job. Keep going. That's this is the direction with which we want to proceed. Continue. Right. That had to happen at least a couple of times. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it was all right. I, I'm going to give it a recommend, a uh, soft one, if you're uh, into these kind of horror anthologies. I do think it's more successful than some of them. I'm not, for instance, a big fan of uh, like the ABCs of death films. I think they're mostly shit. Uh, yeah, I like some of the segments on VHS. I think this one was about VHS quality, meaning that uh, there's more hits than miss, but it's still the you run the same fucking risk. Overall, right? you don't feel like jizzing yourself at the end, but you don't feel like you wasted your time and effort on all of this stuff. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much uh, all I've been watching uh, this week. It's been finals week, so just I haven't had extra time. In fact. We're fucking recording on a Thursday. Uh, it's been so fucking hectic, That tells you so. anything. So, a lot of stuff going down. <clears throat> so, we got a big show. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if we even really said what we were doing off the top. I don't care. We, we were talking about Prince for so long. Yeah. Uh, so, this week we're doing uh, Everybody Wants Some, the new one from uh, Linkletter. We've got uh, the Huntsman uh, sequel, uh, prequel, sequel. It's, I don't both. know. It's both. It's both in the same and, and different. Which is its problem. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to be wrapping everything up with uh, Elvis and Nixon. So let's get it on track, boys and girls. Here is the trailer uh, for Everybody Wants Some. The movie, new movie by Richard Linklater. This ain't high school, man. We had a new level here. You have not earned teammate status yet. Who the hell are you? Oh, uh, Jake Bradford. And until you do, you're nobody. Excuse me. Yeah? Yeah. Bye. I'd like to introduce you to the new guys. Two rules. No booze in this house. Number two, no girls upstairs in those bedrooms. I'm seriously worried about these new guys. Oh! Play a good game, man. We have a little tradition welcoming the new guys. Freshman batting practice! Welcome to the big time, boys. Oh, my nuts! Look at what we have here. Hey, ladies. Party later tonight at the baseball houses. You should be investing this energy elsewhere. Lesbians. I like the quiet guy in the backseat. Oh, there's nothing here. Yeah, I can see how that could get threatening. New guy coming in, getting all the ladies. 
That was a joke. I got your joke right here. Did he just call it a joke? That's what he implied. How did you know what room I was in? I'm an, I'm an investigative journalism major. So I guess you know my name then? Yes. As soon as you tell me. Starting to have an identity crisis. We've danced at a disco, danced a Cotton Eye Joe and kicker attire, and here we are, punks for a night. You gotta embrace your inner strange, man. Just be weird. Finding out who you are. You gotta tune in, man. You guys wanna try a little telepathic stuff? Do it. Fucking. What am I thinking about? Baseball. Having a tail. Cereal? Thinking about sharks. <sighs> sharks have tails. That's a good point. It's a good point. I wish I had a tail. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Where did the extra bond? <laughs> This was not in the theatrical sure that trailer. That is a new school record. <laughs> that was not in the theatrical trailer. I'm no. just like, I've seen this trailer plenty of times. It ends right here. The fuck did? Because it literally faded to black and then popped back up with a little bit of the extra from that scene. I don't know. Uh, so the movies everybody wants. Some are uh, first new release review of the week, written and directed by Richard Linklater. Uh, IMDb plotline: As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. A group of college baseball players uh, navigate their way through the freedoms and responsibilities of unsupervised adulthood. This stars eight billion people. <clears throat> yeah. So we got. Blake. I mean, it's like ten main people. Yeah. Plus Zoe Deutsch. Yeah. And then that's it. Uh, yeah. Probably most I names. Mean, it's mostly Blake Jenner and uh, Glenn Powell. Yeah, yeah, those are the two main. Those people. exactly. Like, those those are your two big hitters right in there. And honestly, I think they both did a, did a great job. Um, so Linklater's coming off of of of, of uh, Boyhood, which mm-hmm. uh, I think we both respected, but n- didn't necessarily love. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm My not- whole thing came down to uh, like, I don't want to fucking. I didn't finish the movie. Okay. I watched like an hour of it, and I was like, I don't want to fucking watch this two more hours. I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I picked it up blind on Blu-ray and everything, so I I have it. So if someone were looking at my collection and just go, no, you like it enough to fucking own it. Uh, but no, I just, I, I bought it blind and everything. So I'm a Linklater fan by and large. Yeah, uh, same here. Especially like, I mean, and I even like his like uh, his, his freaky weird shit. You're like, your waking lives and your uh, fucking, what was the other, what was the other one? Scanner, Scanner Darkly. Darkly, yeah. Just Scanner Darkly's fucking. Yeah, cool. Scanner Darkly's like a fucking trip, man. I like it. Uh, Bernie, so, fucking Bernie was great. Yeah, and that's what that's what I love about Linklater. He just got this kind of like uh, like this movie is something that easily could have been coming out of him, you know, right after Dazed and Confused, right? Because this is it's a lot kind of like that. I mean, people are saying this is the kind of spiritual successor to that movie it's, because it's right there in the trailer from everybody's favorite obvious fucking commentator uh, over at Rolling Stone. Oh, uh, what's his fuck? God yes, damn it. Peter Travers. Peter Travers. That's it. I, yes. could, I can picture his. St- st- what what fucked up thing does that I say will, about me? That I can picture his face and not. I mean, look. Name. At least he didn't call the movie mesmerizing. That's true. That's he's a mesmerizer. Uh, I forget. There's a couple others that he just does that are just like really. That's the word you use, fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, this is like a spiritual spiritual successor to that. Uh, taking place in the uh, the 70s here, uh, and Eight, 80s. or 80s rather, as opposed to the 70s of Days and Confused is yes. what I meant to say. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, like, look, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'll look back on this one in the future like I look back at Dazed and Confused. Uh, but it was a decent time. And but I will say this: while a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to compare this movie to Dazed and Confused because of the obvious, you know, kind of parallels and everything, right? I felt, especially in the beginning, I felt very slacker vibe too. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad I wasn't the only one feeling that. I'm just like, this feels very slackerish. where if you haven't seen that, that was his first kind of feature and everything. And you just kind of follow characters going on, and they kind of trade off from, you know, it's like these two people are talking, you're like, oh, these are the two characters. Then one leaves, and you're like, well, I guess this guy, he's got to be the main character. And then he goes off to someone else, and you're like, whoa, we left that guy, and now we're completely different people that we didn't even start with in the entire movie roles like that. Now, while we stay with uh, Jenner's character here the most most of the time and everything, it yeah, did mean, have it, that kind of feel. It also uh, has some like vibe, although uh, this movie is not very good, uh, of his uh, kind of mid '90s movie Suburbia. If you ever Suburbia, it's like a capital Urbia. I feel like uh, I probably saw it like early, but I don't. But really I feel like that, that movie. Well. Oh, who the fuck's in that? Like Giovanni Ribisi, I want to say, or somebody like that. I, don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. I think that's who it is. But it's like him and that whole crowd, right? Like I remember Steve Zahn being in that thing. Uh, and a whole bunch of other people, right? About, but it was like '90s, uh, like coming of age shit, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this movie is uh, like all three of those films share similarities with this one: Days yeah. and Confused, Slacker, and uh, Suburbia. Yeah, so I mean, the movie itself, just basically, just to give you an idea of the quote-unquote plot, because it, it it's not super plot-driven per se. No. Uh, it's a couple days before the first day of college uh, for, for freshmen and stuff, and we've got a guy uh, that, that we follow. What the fuck is this character's name again? The Jake. new kid, yeah. Jake. So we follow Jake, you know, kind of going into his, uh, he's not in the dorms or anything. He's in like this big uh, uh, kind of, uh, not really frat house per se, but all the baseball guys are in there. Yeah, They're baseball, off campus. Baseball team is uh, like one of the top in the nation. So the city's going to given them uh, a couple of houses to live in yeah, instead all of the overcrowding over- on campus. Yeah. And so the, like the, so the baseball guys are in like two different houses that are right beside each other and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, we just, and we're, we're following what, like four, four or five days before yeah, it's like before, three, four days before. First day yeah. of class? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all leading up to that and everything. So they're getting to know each other and uh, the interpersonal It's a lot of uh, drinking and fucking. Yeah. And, and as, as you would expect. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. There's not... Um, it, it doesn't go beyond much of that, and I and honestly, I don't think it needs to either. I no. mean, like like Slacker, it's that kind of like slice of life sort of thing, and... Um, you know, the couple, and we'll have another movie that's like that at the end, uh, you know, or Elvis and Nixon's kind of the same way. It's just like, hey, here's some of the stuff that just kind of happened, you know, mm-hmm. and um, take for it what you will. And, and and I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it well enough. Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of want to love it. I need to watch it again. So about 15 minutes in, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to hate this shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then slowly it just kind of kept winning me over. And then by the last 30 minutes, I was like, oh, yeah, this movie is really good, actually. Uh, yeah. Really good. And, and I was like, I cared about everybody. Uh, fucking um, uh, Glenn Powell as Finnegan. Oh, he's uh, great. Walk, walks out with this. Fucking, I mean, he's amazing anyway. Like, uh, I know that I talked about it uh, kind of nonstop, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like uh, last uh, 
uh, fall. But uh, on Scream Queens, he's one of the lead characters, okay. uh, Chad, Chad Radwell. And uh, he's like this rich, douchey guy. And he's fucking amazing in that show. And he's really good here. So uh, I'm a big fan of his uh, at this point, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he almost walks away with this fucking thing. Yeah. And, and I, I like how uh, everybody in this movie, I mean... They, they've all kind of done some stuff, but it's not like super recognizable faces, which I think lends to this entire movie feeling very of the era. Feels yeah. It doesn't feel like I'm looking at, you know, Zac Efron dressed up in some 70s clothes. Right. These look like people from the 70s. And it, it, it from the works. 80s. Or 80s. Fuck me in the ass. 80s. <laughs> I don't know. I know they blend together a little bit. Yeah, you know, I was I was born in one of them, uh, <laughs> but it it blends really well. And I I don't know. I just because and the tough part is is because like you look at it and it's like these are not all of the um, the type of people I ever hung out with. You know. Yeah. I never hung out with the jockey kids or anything. I didn't like hate them. I was not like you know. I well maybe some of them I did, uh, <laughs> but. Um, was never really that guy. Didn't really go to these types of parties and stuff. Didn't do that kind of deal. Just wasn't my, wasn't my bag, man. Um, but so you look and you're just like, well, how can I relate to any of these guys? And it's just, it's a lot of normal kind of bullshit and everything. But I think this is something that, and it spoke to, uh, I think, a lot of, of, of Linklater himself, who, uh, you know, in his glory days was like a big athlete and everything. Uh-huh. And how the uh, the transition over to the end, when uh, Jake's character, uh, you know, is all uh, like uh, Gaga over this chick and they uh, Beverly, and she goes over to the uh, their little you know mixer with all the drama kids and shit. Right. This just this just like really preached to me just like Linklater's life because he was like like that sports kid and shit, but at the same time had that like artistic bent that most sports kids don't. And it felt yeah. like this was him kind of like showing us how he kind of discovered that shit in college, maybe, or something like that, or or just expressing him, I think, very much in that same thing of like, hey, this is the stuff that I remember loving back in the day, but I love this shit, too. Well, I do think... It's uh, a little sprinkle of both. At, you know, as somebody who also, like, I didn't go to these, these parties necessarily, but uh, as somebody who... Uh, did kind of float between a lot of different worlds uh, throughout both high school and college. Um, you know, I'd have really good friends who did this thing and really good friends who did this thing and kind of I was all over the place. Yeah. Um, uh, I do think that Jake, uh, as a character, is a really effective audience surrogate because you can find an avenue into all these different things with him and through him. Uh, because, right, like they go and they put on like country gear and go to the fucking country bar when they get kicked out of the disco. Yeah. Right. Uh, they, he runs into one of his high school buddies that used to play baseball. Who's now like a big guy in the punk scene. Uh, and they go to like a punk party, Mm -hmm. right? Like a punk show. Um, and then they end up at the theater thing. Right. So like just as somebody who's interested in a lot of different stuff and, and making him kind of the quote unquote main character, that effectively allows a lot of ways into this movie, uh, I think. Yeah. And and I think and I think his kind of like um, uh, you you can tell this is done by a guy who 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 did like this the sports shit and stuff that he did because a lot of those guys. Now I'm not going to sit here and say it's all of them, mind you. I'm not I'm not categorize, mm-hmm. uh, categorizing it like that. But I've I've heard certain jockey dudes. <clears throat> 
give kind of like the, hey, you know, we were never really assholes to anybody. We were kind of more assholes to each other kind of thing. And, you know, true, some of that is definitely there, no doubt. But you can tell when a sports guy does something like this, and that's where he kind of came from, because there's never any any little bit of that kind of bullshittery going on, if you will. But that yeah. stuff fucking happens. It, it does happen, and you know, but I, 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 I see a little bit of a... Uh, I don't know blinders the right word per se, but slightly rose tinted glasses. I mean, that's, situation. that's very possible. Although there are a couple of characters, especially like, uh, with the punk show and with the party at the, uh, arts kids house, mm-hmm. uh, who, uh, do voice some condescension and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, which I think points to that being something that does happen. Um, but him not wanting to necessarily focus on it because then that would change how the audience was feeling about some other characters who were not that way. That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, like I'd give it, I I don't know that you need to rush out into a theater and go see it, but, uh, I definitely recommend. No one did. No, no one did. (laughs) I mean, look, it's opened up very slowly. Uh, I think it, it did move up to 15th spot, but it has only earned, uh, like two, 2.3 million or something like that. Um, well, so in, in let, let's start it here because we, I think we need to start with it. And, um, there's kind of an underlying theme that nobody planned on, but we, before the show started, we were just, we were like, wait a minute, this kind of makes fucking sense. All the movies today, we're going to be asking ourselves, who's the audience for this? And Matt, I, I gotta ask you, who is the audience for this movie? Because it doesn't like the art house crowd is going to be probably turned off by the fucking like uh-huh. you know the jocks and the sports stuff. Which, by the way, there's not a lot of sports stuff. It's a very sports less movie for a movie. Yeah, about- but it is also very much a like uh, sex comedy. Yeah, in, in many ways. Right? Yeah, yeah. But so, it, but those crowd that they don't want to see that, uh-huh. and the people that sh- probably should be going to see it. Uh, probably won't because it seems more arty than it probably is, or it's out in an art theater, and that's why would you go over there? Only weirdos and you know, and the gays yeah. go there. Uh, I don't fucking know who this movie's for. I don't I mean, either. It, it's for people who are familiar enough with Linklater to go and see it. Right? Yeah, I would say. I, yeah, uh, that, I would say this was a Linklater audience. Yeah, no, I'll um, agree with that. Because it's not for people who want to watch sex comedies because it's not enough of that. Mm -hmm. It's not for the art house crowd because it's not enough of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say that it's for a a mature adult audience, except uh, I don't know that that audience fucking exists anymore. Um, Or that they would care specifically about this story, I think. I mean, maybe. Maybe. but it's also like the trailer for this is terrible. Yeah, uh, it's it hasn't been marketed or sold. They're, bo- they're well. both bad. They're both bad trailers. But all it's all, all they're like praying for is just like, do you guys fucking remember Days of the Confused? This is the sequel, essentially. Yeah, well, I mean that's why they put the like Rolling Stone logo in the trailer with uh, Peter Travers and big bold fucking things going. It's uh, Dazed and Confused meets the eighties for the it's new like, generation. Like. Like, no fucking shit, Richard Linklater. Uh, we know this. Peter Travers doesn't need to tell us this. What the fuck is this trailer doing, you know? Um, There's uh, another I one, know. too, that still wasn't all I, that I good do think, I do. I do think that uh, this movie is definitely not something that women will ever give a shit about. Probably not. This is a pretty dude-heavy movie. 
Uh-huh. And it's pretty much just dude perspective and, you know. But, I mean, and, and it follows, but it is. It's also kind of like a wish fulfillment thing. You're you're the new kid in uh-huh. town and stuff. You're doing well. You meet this pretty girl. Things like and, and everything so was dazed fucking and goes, confused, by the way. That's true. A very, like, dude-centric thing. And it's just like, hey, man, everything is coming up Millhouse, and there you go. End of the movie. It, well, will, will we have further adventures? Probably. I don't so. know. I mean, no, I'm just talking like like from the character's perspective. Yeah, let's do it. He's just like, hey man. So let's, I'm saying let's from the audience. Oh, you you want to have another? Keep, let's let him shoot a two hour movie with these characters every year, and just <laughs> like in and in, in 15 years, it's going to uh, be like we'll, the up we'll series, watch, but really sped the fuck up. <laughs> we'll, we will watch. We're gonna uh, do it every year. We're gonna a come super back. Super cut of tw- just fucking 24 hours of everybody wants some. There we go. Until it becomes uh, the national movie. Uh, <laughs> well, no, like you follow these characters from like 1982 to like uh, I don't know 1992, so that by the <laughs> by the time you're in the 90s, it, like the title of the movie is uh, is just it's like, hammer time. like Teen Spirit or something, right? No, you just choose a different song every year. It's it's Hammer Time. That's the last it's one. Hammer Time. Hammer yeah. Time, and it ends in 1992. Perfect, it ends with uh, with Finnegan and Jake Actually, I think that was parachute 19, pants. I think that was 1989, but whatever. I'm just I'm getting my years confused. But good yes, enough. it was definitely not in the 90s. That was 1989, was but fair enough. Fair enough. All right, we, <laughs> I'm surprised we got a, we got a lot of juice out of that movie. Let's see if we get any juice out of this next one. Here's, We're the only ones. Here's the trailer for uh, the Huntsman: uh, Winter's War. Hello, Huntsman. 
I've missed you. All right, that was a trailer. Oh, shut up. You're done. <laughs> this goddamn CODIS. Fuck you. Um, IMDb plotline. A war between rival queen sisters uh, Ravina and Freya escalates. Eric and fellow warrior Sarah, members of the Huntsman Army raised to protect Freya, try to conceal their forbidden love as they combat uh, Ravina's wicked intentions. Uh, this uh-huh. is directed by Cedric Nicholas Troyan. Sure, why not? Uh, starring the largest group of beautiful people you'll ever see in one fucking movie. Chris Hemsworth, Jessica Chastain, Charlize Theron, Emily Blunt, and yes, I meant you, Nick Frost. You're damn straight. And <laughs> Rob Brydon, he's a sexy Rob son Bri- of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people. Rob Brydon's in there. You get, yeah, there's a lot of people. I was, I was expecting like a celebrity quiz show to start. That would have been <laughs> fantastic. And I'll start it off. Might have made the movie better. <laughs> uh-huh. This movie's not good. I didn't hate it, but I am also, like, I'm in the minority that I liked the first one. I never saw it. I'll be frank with Quite you. Quite a bit. I thought um, about seeing it, but I was like, mm, nah. <laughs> this one uh, would have been improved significantly if they had just chosen either a sequel or a prequel. Was, this wasn't the one that was Tarsem Singh, the first one, no? No, 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 no. That's the this other one. was, uh, fuck, what's his name? Rupert something? Uh, that had the he had an affair with Kristen Stewart and then uh, yeah, Rupert Everett. No, <laughs> no, that's not. But that's all. Uh, I got. Rupert Sanders. Okay. Um, who is uh, the guy behind the upcoming Ghost in the Shell reboot? Ooh, uh, so he's going to be facing some uphill battles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this let's see, Snow White and the Huntsman was him, and this film I want to say was directed by. Uh, it was going to be somebody originally, hmm. um, but fuck if I can remember who it is right now. Uh, but this guy, I think, was like the special effects director of the first film. A lot of a lot of people do things like that. A lot of times, the directors um, will come on is like, "Oh, you were the guy who you know uh, helmed all the visual shit for this other stuff, so why not be?" Yeah, he was the visual effects supervisor on that movie. Snow White yeah. Huntsman. Um, yeah, but I, I like. Here's the thing, uh, you know, not having seen the the original one, um, I, I kind of like some of the idea of it and everything. But the problem is, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Well, there's not enough going on uh, to like justify what we end up seeing, right? There's like, just it's so just, many people and so much money. Somebody pointed out uh, in online that uh, there is not a major character in this movie that doesn't die and come back to life. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Not not a single fucking one. Uh, so, huh. <laughs> so um, I look. I like I said. I didn't. Hate I want it, my zombie so, moment. I, I will say. Can we t- can we talk about just a minute how fucking amazingly brilliant uh, Charlize Theron is for numerous reasons. One, what I really like about the first one, she does it here uh, to the extent that she's in the film at all is she fucking chews that scenery the fuck up, and it's great. And I love watching her doing it. But uh, speaking of that, she's only in the fucking movie for like 10 to 12 minutes. I was about to say, it's like 15 minutes she's in this thing. It ain't nothing, man. And do you remember the fucking thing after the Sony hack where she used that to renegotiate her uh, salary for this film? Oh, is that right? Uh Uh-huh. 
because she she brought up like I'm not I'm getting paid X amount and Chris Hemsworth's getting paid this amount. Fair enough. So they both got paid the same amount of money for this. Movie. At this point in her career, she's as big a draw as oh, he is. Look, she is a bigger draw. I, than yeah, him. no, you're, I was about. I just, I, to honest to God, it's like the second it came out of my, my mouth, I was just like, no, actually, she's a bigger one. It just like the second it left, I was just like, that's like, not right. At this point, Emily Blunt is a bigger draw than Chris Hemsworth. No, that's right. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I, the, like the fucking uh, the fucking C movie, sense. man. That that proves it. Well, not only that, but it is. Literally every movie that is not an Avengers film, he has failed to open, right? Mm -hmm. Snow White and the Huntsman did pretty well, mostly because of Kristen Stewart and Charlie's Theron, Mm -hmm. right? Red Dawn, fucking tanked. Rush, fucking tanked. Black Hat, fucking tanked. Vacation, fucking tanked, even though it was in it for just a minute. In the Heart of the Sea, fucking tanked. This movie, fucking tanked. It's not... That motherfucker's going to be holding star. on to Thor for the rest of his life. He is not a fucking movie star the way that they talk about it. And yes, I understand movie stars don't quote unquote open movies the way that like special effects open movies. Like people, people pay more attention to that type of shit than who the movie star is. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to keep arguing that you're going to keep casting Chris Hemsworth in shit... Uh, then make a fucking case for it because there are other people out there who can do these fucking I, and, and here's the and thing. he's fine, yeah, but he's exactly. not, he does not deserve to make as much money as Charlie's fucking Theron. Oh, no. I like, like I said, I was like, I watched this thing and I'm just like, look, he ain't bad. but yeah. like, And he's not really bad in anything he's in. He's just not amazing. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, but I mean, in, the, in this movie, right, it's magnified how not amazing he is. Yeah. Because he's on screen constantly with one of three fucking amazing actresses. Emily Blunt, Jessica Chastain, and Charlize Theron. None of whom are actually given that fucking much to do in this thing. Yeah, but they're but they still holding it down. Around him. Yeah. I mean they all you look at all of them and like and and I mean Jessica Chastain's probably like sadly the most throwaway kind of you know role in this. Well the movie. only reason she's in this movie is because she was uh it was part of her contract to be in Crimson Peak that she signed on for this one. Oh. It was like a two for one that Universal got her for this. Okay. But uh so, you know but, yeah. I, look I, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I, I wasn't super entertained by it by any means. I mean, I, my like I said, if you love the first one, I mean, I'd say give it a shot. But outside of that, if you, if it wasn't on your radar before, it, there's no real reason for it to be now. Well, and nobody cares now. Uh, uh, so I, I doubt there will be another entry in this. Looks like Universal's going to lose a fair chunk of cash. Yeah. Um, I mean... Look, it's not going to be it's not going to be that fucking drastic, right? It was budgeted like 115 million so far domestic and foreign. It's taken in 102. I mean, that uh, sounds so, a, I mean, so it honestly, will yeah, make up money. I mean, budget, yeah, that budget doesn't sound like egregiously terrible. But I mean, the thing is, is there's nothing on screen, man. This movie no, is just but, like it is small. Yeah. Um. And hold on, I'm going to pull up some the previous film's numbers just as a comparison. So that movie, 170 million, made uh 396 million worldwide. Youch. Yeah, that's a that's a bath. Um but I do wonder what it did like opening weekend. I think it did all right though. Uh 56 million? Mm. So it wasn't fucking tearing up the charts, right? Um Yeah, but you you're coming up you're coming like I mean it, it's it's next it's second week in release it made what this movie made. Yeah. 
So it was a huge drop off any fucking way. But but it's not going to be like they're not making another one. I, I fucking doubt it. No, not at this rate. And if they do, they need to hire somebody who can write a goddamn screenplay. Because <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that goes I don't on mean here. Like, like like there are effective moments in this thing, but the overall story is a goddamn mess, and it's partly because there is a fucking title card in the middle of it that just goes seven years later and then mentions Snow White once because they couldn't get Kristen Stewart back on this Yeah, film. exactly. That's all <laughs> I could sit there and just and go like, like oh. Right, this was originally going to be a straight-up sequel with her in it, like Warrior Queen kind of shit, um, if, I, if I remember my production history correctly. And then uh, after the whole hullabaloo where uh, people were pissed off at her for having the affair with the director and like ruining his marriage as well as uh, ruining like her relationship with Rob, with uh, Robert Robert Pattinson that they were together at the time. Like people were just fucking, ugh, ugh. and so they changed the whole fucking thing around. And this is what we have. Um, Yay, Hollywood! You fucking bitches. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's a fucking weird thing. Like I don't know why it's a prequel and a sequel. They could have just done one or the fucking other and left it at that. Um, Snow White never had to fucking show up again. Uh, you know, like it didn't even really have to be mentioned, especially if you just made a fucking prequel. Um, that also would give you a reason to have Charlie's Theron in it more. But, oh well. I, I don't Like know. I said, I didn't hate it, but it is not good. Again, so continuing the theme, who who is this movie for? Because uh, I don't know. I guess uh, guys like me. Yeah. Who sort of like uh, like this thing, but only because they liked the first one, and it gets them more Charlie's Theron. I mean, it's two hours long. It's fucking PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. It's not hard enough to be a hardcore thing. It's not soft enough to be a kid friendly mm-hmm. thing. Well, I think the what most the fuck well, is this honestly, for? honestly, the most egregious part of the whole thing for me uh, is uh, they waste the dwarves, and they're still better than the first fucking movie. <laughs> I know you can't compare that, but like anybody out there, if you've seen the first one, the dwarves in that thing are like completely wastes hmm. of talent and casting. And there's a fuck ton of them. But they were just uh, like, hey, here, let's let these funny guys do funny things. Yeah, well, like that one, the dwarves are all like fucking Ian McShane and Sam Spruill and Bob Hoskins and Ray Winstone and fucking Eddie Marzan and Toby Jones, right? And, uh, you know, hilarious Brian, Brian guys. <laughs> And they give them fuck all to do. And here, the dwarves actually get some storyline, and they still fucking waste them. It's still not very good, but you know, all right. Wow, this was better than that one. That's something. <laughs> well, well, that part of it was better. Okay, fair enough. The the, the other movie is uh, much better than this one. I do want to say that. All right. Fair uh, enough. But yeah, anyway, I don't fucking know who this thing was for. Uh, people who like Once Upon a Time on ABC. Yeah. That still that show's still going on. Somebody likes it, so my stepdad loves it. Oh, there you go. I, so, I never seen it myself, but it's been on the air for a long fucking time. So it's like five seasons. People are fucking watching that shit, whether anyway. whether you like it or not. <laughs> anyway, that's who I think this movie's for. All right, fair enough. Let's get down it. We're rounding third here, kids. Here's the trailer for Elvis and Nixon. Of all the famous images preserved in our national archives. The most requested photo of all time is this one. 
you remember when you talked about finding an ally for Nixon? Someone from the outside. I need to get this letter to the president. You never guess in a million years who just showed up at the Northwest Gate asking to see him. It's Elvis. Elvis Presley. You swear this isn't a joke, because this penmanship is horrible. Thank you. Thank you very much. So you think we should meet with him? Yes, Mr. President. During my nap hour. Everybody loves Elvis. Comey? He could really help us with the youth vote. He would also like a badge. A what? I would like to go undercover as a federal agent. I've been in 31 major motion pictures. That makes me an expert in costume and disguise. I could infiltrate the communists, and then I'd bust them all. Let's do this thing. An undercover rock and roller. Sounds ludicrous. I can supply my own firearms. All right, now what do we have on this guy? Well, he's one of the most famous men on the planet. Loves guns, hates the Beatles. The Beatles, well, I don't like that. Okay, sir, do you have any firearms or weapons of any kind on your person? It's a good thing they didn't catch this little fella in my boot. Mr. Presley, we're going to have to go over the protocols. Mr. President, Mr. Elvis Presley, on the coffee table is a dish with M&Ms. Those are only for the president. M&Ms are my favorite. Mine, too. There is also an unopened bottle of Dr. Pepper. You have a bottle opener? Please do not open it. Please do not drink from it, because it's only for the president. What in the good God is going on? I don't know, sir. Give a little love. Make sure that we get a picture of Mr. Presley and me. Go on, man, do it. You and me. Rose from nothing, but look where I am today. Look where you are. That's how I learned to develop these knuckles of steel. Now slap them. Come on, harder, harder. Let it out. Let it out. Those are the steel claws of a tiger, Mr. President. All right, see, no code after that one. That's how you do trailers, motherfuckers. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Give us the fucking date and get the fuck out. And be gone with thee. Uh, that was a trailer for Elvis and Nixon, our last new release review of the week. IMDb Plotline, the untold true story behind the meeting between the king of rock and roll and President Nixon, resulting in this revealing yet humorous moment, immortalized in the most requested photograph in the National Archives. This is uh, directed by uh, Lisa Johnson, uh, written by uh, jo- uh, Joey Segal, uh, Hanella Segal? Sure, why? And Carrie Elways. I didn't know Carrie Elways did. I guess I didn't Carrie read that in the thing. Very nice. Indeed. Uh, starring Michael is, Shannon. Is one of the executive producers. I know. Now I noticed that bit. I didn't write. I didn't notice that he wrote on part of it too. So uh, starring Michael Shannon, Kevin Spacey, Alex Pettifer, uh Johnny Knoxville, Colin Hanks, Evan Peters, and more. Um, this is a movie that when I saw the trailer for it, I was just like, "What in the sweet hell is this?" Uh-huh. And how fast can I go and see it? Yes. Um, I we're we're both big Michael Shannon fans here. Uh-huh. And Michael I like Shannon, Kevin Spacey, just Kevin as Spacey well. is is great. And you're like, hey, let's go see those two guys as Elvis and Nixon. And first of all, like I I love Michael Shannon, I really really do. The guy looks nothing like Elvis. He sounds nothing like Elvis. But you buy uh, it the whole fucking time. I don't yeah, know it's why. It's fucking great. It does. I, it doesn't make any sense that you do, but you do. I think it. Uh, I think it works because Kevin Spacey really nails Nixon. Kevin? I mean, they don't they don't necessarily look alike, but mannerisms and speech patterns. Uh, they, he is fucking Richard Nixon. He did it like honest to God. Like I walked out of this thing going, that's the best portrayal we've seen of Nixon in any film. Well, ex- except for and I will say this, it's uh, oh, what the fuck? Secret Honor. 
the Robert Altman film where it's just Philip Baker Hall on screen for like an hour and a half. That movie's fucking amazing. Okay, on the list. Uh, it's like it's basically like a Richard Nixon monologue. Oh. Uh shot by shot by Ron uh by a uh, fucking uh god damn it. Uh Robert Altman. Oh. Um and Philip Baker Hall. But th- but this is uh like top tier Nixon portrayal right here like Yeah. It's really good. The makeup is like it's subtle enough without going that overboard cartoony uh-huh. shit that you saw like in a fucking political drawing from the era. Yeah, or uh, or like you know making it look like he's a fucking Dick Tracy villain. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Going over the top, but it's like it's just subtle enough. But he like he embodies Nixon so well and everything. I mean, and you know everybody's great in this movie. Colin Hanks just plays the perfect Colin Hanks role. Uh-huh. Um, he, he gets two of the best fucking uh, moments of this movie for my money. Uh, when uh, so when Elvis finally gets the the Oval Office, Nixon tells uh, Colin Hanks character right, like, "Come and get me in five minutes. Uh, I don't give a shit. Make up a reason, right?" Yeah, because uh, he doesn't want to meet with Elvis. But then Colin Hanks shows up. So so uh, he he like he's like, "Just come and get me in five minutes," and he leaves like really hurriedly out the door nervous about what's about to happen mm-hmm. going like fuck fuck because he like elvis got in there and did all the things he wasn't supposed to do like eat m&ms and drink dr pepper and shit yeah. and uh and then he comes back into the room five minutes later and nixon has gotten to speaking with elvis and they've like hit on one another right like that like they understand one another on some level these two weird kind of misfits and you yeah know. they don't fucking like uh they don't fucking like the beatles they think the world's going to shit they don't know why people don't understand what they're doing in vietnam right yeah <laughs> and, and so colin hanks comes back in and uh he's like we have that meeting and nixon's like uh call and cancel it right and then uh he's like no sir we have this and he's like i just told you right like yeah. tells him to fuck off basically and he like again leaves the door like and, like walking out fuck 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 <laughs> just freaking the fuck out so good yeah uh this movie i felt like was uh, just really fucking amazing yeah uh, it just it came out of nowhere it's it's just very simple i mean i love uh, it's not I, based on anything real i mean i mean it is based on something but like none of this right like uh, they even tell us in the film like president nixon's known for recording every fucking thing that happened in the Oval Office, but he started doing that in, like, February of 1971. This took place in December. It is a real event that happened. Elvis came to the White House uh, and met with Nixon, and Wright has the photograph. Uh, But it was basically just, like, watching fan fiction. It's like, could this have happened? Maybe. Maybe it did. Maybe it did not. Elvis, probably exactly as he actually was in real life, as a fucking weirdo. There was, I mean, there's plenty of there's there's plenty of anecdotal evidence I think around to probably justify and go like, look, we've taken a lot of this stuff from what people have told us, and from and some of some of it I know that I've kind of heard before a bit of the karate huh? type stuff. Uh, obviously, oh, yeah. the gun thing. He was always a big kind of fucking having guns on him and shit. Yep. Um, but I mean, I love the uh, how he's just he's just distracted and he's just detached from what the real world is. And it's not in like a sociopathic, dangerous way, but it's almost just like the innocence of a child in a lot of senses. But he, at the same time, well, because really he also was so big, much, so young, and yeah. he never stepped outside of that world, right? Just like, oh, well, this is the kind of thing that I can do. You tell me, hey, don't do these things, don't do these things. It's like I don't know if you've heard, but I'm fucking Elvis, and, and I kind of he, and just he did have like a really rough childhood, right? So oh, when yeah. he went into that realm where he could do whatever the fuck he wanted, he just did it. Yeah. 
And it wasn't weird to him. He wasn't being a disrespectful asshole. It was just kind of what he fucking did. Yeah. Didn't mean nothing by it. Uh, the other great moment, I think, uh, for like just Michael Shannon in this movie was uh, before he gets the meeting at the White House, he decides he's going to go like down to the uh, the the DEA, right, and, <laughs> and like try to get a badge there. That's the he, whole... doesn't even, he doesn't even give a fuck about meeting the president. He just wants a goddamn badge that says he works for the fucking federal government. So That's he can do fuck all. <laughs> Like, do on, go on go on adventures that honestly only take place in his fucking mind. Yeah, which is so great. It's just like, look, now I'm not going to do anything with. He's not saying it, but essentially, it's just like, look, I'm not going to do nothing with this. But if I got to do something with this, I'm gonna do something with this. Yeah. But if you have a plan for me to kind of come in and and do some and help you guys out in some way, I'm I'm more than capable to do it. I mean, I know I have one of the most recognizable faces on the face of the fucking earth, but I've been in movies, so I know how to act, so I can blend in with things. No, the fuck you can't, motherfucker. You're Elvis. You walk up and everyone knows who you are instantaneously. Right. Everyone. Yeah, you're the most. You're more famous than the fucking president. Yeah. Like, like more people. Well, they know talk about the it. They're just like, are, well, who's our you, demographic? Like, Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, right? Uh, like, you're so well-known that the people who want nothing to fucking do with you, like the the black people in inner-city Washington, D.C., where you go to get a fucking donut, know who the fuck you are. See, there's things like that that I absolutely buy. Yeah. I, I buy that a thousand percent. He goes down to the hood and gets himself so, like a, a fucking donut and shit, yeah. and still kind of talks a bit of smack <laughs> and doesn't give a shit. But at the same time, people are just like, he is fucking Elvis, though. <laughs> yeah, right? He's still fucking Elvis. He's still fucking Elvis. We can't fuck with Elvis. Like, you know, it did crosses uh, all there were, gamut. There were just a lot of really good moments. It's a very small, character-driven movie, uh, really by two just tremendous lead performances. This mm-hmm. movie is carried, right? And everybody's good in it. Alex Pettifer's good. Johnny Knoxville's good. Yeah. Colin Hanks, Evan Peters. Uh, hell, even Sky Ferreira, who uh, like was okay in Green Inferno, has about the same amount, amount of screen time uh, here and is a vastly better actress. Yeah. I mean, and... <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. Well, and, and that's the thing, man. And uh, also fucking Tracy Letts is in this motherfucker. That's true. And he's amazing all the goddamn time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. But they wrapped everything around with, with Alex Pettifer's character, uh, Jerry, just being the kind of, uh, the, our through point. He was, he was, that was where your audience was sitting. Uh-huh. It's just an old friend of Elvis that's just like, hey, man, I'm trying not to, like, I am your friend. I'm not just, you know, your, your lackey, your person that's around you. I'm your genuine friend from back in the day, and, you know, and I'll help you out any way that I can. But I also got to make myself, you know, I got to I gotta be a man and stand alone for myself and, and do things where I'm not just Elvis's friend. I'm just, you know, I'm me and go, go up on life in my own uh Um, on my own merits and things like that. And I thought that was a nice way to structure the story to kind of give us, so we weren't just freaking out the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good. I mean, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I hope we can see more wacky, weird stuff like this again. Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Michael Shannon is, uh, I, you know, people seem to know that he's a really good actor, but I still feel like he's a little underrated by people. I mean, he's not quite mainstream, uh, but he is tremendous in every fucking movie he's in. Um, It'd just be all like, and, people go, was he Zod? Was he the Zod? I mean, I guess he was good in that, yeah. Or, you know, but, but, but right, like, he, he's in so much shit. He's constantly working. Um, and he, yes, he's known for, like, 
a vast array of weirdos at this point. Yeah, yeah um, pretty much. Right? I mean, a vast array. I love his weirdos, but, man. But here, uh, he's, like, as weird as you could have made Elvis, he's kind of subdued. I mean, you like, know, yeah, you're... Elvis is a weirdo. But it's not like... You it's know, not it's as not crazy like as fucking... some of the character Shannon's played, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't, you know, this yeah. is, like, regular crazy. Michael <laughs> Shannon. Not, like, take shelter, Michael well, Shannon. Well, I'll tell you, I think I'm, I think I'm about a four... <laughs> I'm a four rating right now. If I go through his uh, fucking interview on Nerdist was hilarious. Yes. Oh my god, it was so good. I, that is uh, one of the last times I listened to that podcast. Uh, he's looking through. I don't have one of these fancy phones. How do you get? How do you get? I got to get up on hard on the mic. How do you get out of these pictures? Uh, uh, can you send that? How do we send? <laughs> <Just> so, <laughs> I don't even know how to do the damn thing. I don't even fucking. I don't, hell if I know. I don't yeah, know. I just what act, a fucking man. amazing guy. That guy's just awesome. <laughs> just fucking love him. Uh, so yeah, man. So that's it. So uh, two uh, strong recommendations for this one. Um, next week, man. It's uh, it starts yeah, again. Go see this fucking movie in theaters. It's it it oh, it's it opened in fucking twentieth place. Go fucking put some money behind it. I know a lot of shit comes out. Yeah. Go fucking watch Elvis and Nixon. It's yeah. good. Don't good watch the Huntsman. Movies. Go watch that one. Yeah, it's good goddamn well. movies. Got that right. Speaking of movies, next week, guess what, kids? Oh, the Holy world shit. keeps spinning and there's more fucking movies. One of them I don't think I'm going to go see just because, well, maybe more than one of them. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so the one I'm looking forward to the most, of course, is Keanu from Key and Peele. Um, uh-huh. Very excited about that. Love their show. Um, and it, from a show that like always had a very cinematic look to it. Uh-huh. That's what I absolutely loved about the show. Their show was always just gorgeous to watch. When they would do like movie parodies and stuff, it would just all look great. So I'm like, man, they're going to have zero problems transitioning over to movies and having it look good. And, and sure, shooting, it, it looks great. Um, so we're excited for that. Uh, maybe not so much. Uh, Mother's Day, yet another Gary Marshall picture about another fucking holiday that don't nobody fucking care about. No. Yeah. We're going to go watch it anyways. Uh, you know, and Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Which uh, should have come out like 10 years ago. Uh, like, when, what fucking world do we live on where somebody's just like, you know what the kids are looking for? Ratchet uh-huh. and Clank. Yeah. I know remember they that, haven't made a fucking game in 15 years. this big franchise when it was like PlayStation 1 and 2? Yeah. Past PlayStation 2. Ain't nobody give a fuck about no Ratchet and Clank. Where the fuck has this movie been? Yeah, they were and playing Jack and Daxter, dude. Jesus Christ. No one's going to watch this movie <laughs> but us. And I don't even know if I'm going to watch it because uh, I have zero investment in Jack and but Daxter. But you, you missed or a big one. Ratchet and Clank, whatever and, the fuck. And I, and I hope that it's open near you now because it did go wider this week. I, it's mostly in Regals. Do you, which, which one? Fucking Green Room. I th- I don't know if Green Room is open. I know the... Uh, I know the um, Looking out... And I can't fucking wait. I'm also going to go try to see Miles Ahead finally this My, week. Miles Ahead just came out. Will we'll, we'll have yeah. just come out? So I don't I don't think Green Room is here yet. God damn it. Oh, well, I'm on, going tonight. I can't fucking Charlotte, wait. Charlotte, you fucking. I'm going in an hour and a half, bitches. I'm going to see that shit. I'm just so, you know, I don't know. I, I want I'm ready to. for some ultra violence. Uh, it, I really want to. So Well, but, you yeah. know what you can do to prep since you can't see that? I believe it's still on Netflix. I'll pull it up and see. Uh, if you haven't watched uh, Jeremy Solnier's uh, last film, uh, it was on Netflix for quite a long time, called Blue Ruin. I believe I've heard the name. Uh, it's not streaming. Uh, well, track down that fucking movie. 
because it is good. It is fucking good as, okay. as, as I am want to say. He's want to say it, and he says it a lot, whether you like it or not, because that's how he is. He's a uh, I, I give zero fucks. There's zero fucks to be given. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll be covering all those stuff. I, I just, I don't know, really the, the Ratchet and Clank. I'm I'm really, this is going to be, that's that's definitely falls into the who is this for kind of uh category well we didn't even answer it for elvis and nixon oh elvis and nixon the, well let's do it that's because it's for fucking everybody go see well it. here's it well let's put it this way <laughs> who did they think it was for who did they who th- knows? think it was for exactly so that's uh, yeah th- that's i think that's correct when they were designing this and they were like we're gonna put this out here how do you sit down to a studio head and just goes here's what the movie is as and they go well who the fuck is this for and they're like I don't know. People that fucking watch movies, just shut up. It's just a fucking movie. Do it. And they just go, oh, fair enough. That's a good, uh, he makes a good point. Salient point, sir. And then just moves on and gives him <laughs> green light. That's as far as I got. It's a true story. I, I'm i not sure. So it might be. I don't know. Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. And of course, my other podcast, Hear Movie Podcast at hearmoviepodcast.com. Uh, a little uh, sneak preview for you guys. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing um, the uh, Generation X TV pilot. Holy shit. Yeah? Um, this is pretty terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've seen about two seconds of it. If you don't want to murder yourself, you know, don't watch that. But uh, we'll be watching that one before we get into, you know, obviously, what one praise is amazing and what everybody's saying is pretty good for the old Civil War there. So, excited for that coming up. But... Uh, we got Road to Perdition out right now, so uh, always a solid flick. Sam Mendez, where are you at? Where you've been? Where have you been? Stop directing these Bond movies. You're not all that good at it. Go direct something else good for crying he's, out loud. He's done now, right? He's, yeah, hopefully, I hope so. I mean, uh, unless they drag him back to like try to talk uh, Daniel Craig back into it. Maybe I don't know. I'm just I'm just fucking I, bored of his I shit. I cannot imagine that they're going to like take too much time away from the bond series given how much money those fucking yeah man whether you like them or not they making money son so they gotta they're gonna be putting them out they don't give a damn and and my my suspicion is they're going to try and get uh him to come back for one more just so they can churn another out give it a last little go before they yeah do your proper scouting and stuff while that's shooting and just going trying to take a boy for your break to do that that's true very true we'll see all right, so we'll talk about all that shit here. Movie podcast, filmfind.com, all that good jazz. Go review us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And until next time, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody. Right. I say the right.
that little weird guy is going to be missed, man. Mm-hmm. That weird, sexy little guy. Oh, man. There's, I mean, at least it's always nice. There's a lot of good stories and stuff coming out, people talking about it and stuff, and albums are G- being bought. That's Jimmy Fallon's good. the other night was really fucking amazing. Did you see that one? Where he's talking about uh, being summoned to play, play ping pong? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> Dude, tra- track down the video. It's fucking good. Oh, man, I'll have to see that. Yeah, it but... pays off, too. <laughs> it is. It, I mean, it's like a five-minute thing that he did on uh, Tonight's Show, but it is a good-ass story. I'll say this, man. I mean, one of the good things that can come out of uh, come out of you know a horrible thing like somebody dying, of course, is uh, just all the fucking great stories and like how we really just find out. Like, I mean, a lot of people knew it, but it's always confirmed he was just a good fucking guy. Uh huh. Like he bit, he was a, weird, a bit odd, a bit eccentric, but one is bound to be when you're that kind of a you know fucking prodigy and shit growing up and just doing what he does as well as he does it. Um. But so he was a bit of a weirdo, but everybody's just like he was just the nicest guy to everybody. Fucking just gave to charities and shit like mad. Didn't fucking brag about it. Didn't just put it on put it on blast about look how fucking awesome I I am. Just shut his mouth, did his work, and you know, just fucking did it, man. Mm-hmm. And uh you gotta respect that shit. So I'm I was, you know, saddened, but it's 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 brought about some nice things and some, you know, uh it's I guess the reflecting on people when they're gone thing. That's always kind of an important important thing and just being able to have that legacy continue on but i don't know i liked yeah. it i've had I've, I've had some i've had some good memories uh brought back up from this and that, like my first my first thing was um my big first prince exposure like i knew i knew of stuff but it wasn't just like you know it was tangential mm-hmm. but it was obviously batman 89 right yeah because he was and the bat dance everywhere yes. i mean he did the whole soundtrack for the fucking movie oh yeah it was so good. I mean, you listen to the songs, it's just like, this guy was just fucking killing it for what seems like it could be an easy throwaway bullshit thing for everybody, and I heard he made a motherfucking mint on that soundtrack and shit. Oh, yeah, of course. So, but uh, good stuff. I mean, I was just like, man, this is, I don't know, gone too soon, but I'm glad, glad we're remembering it in the way that we do. All right, well, that's it. I mean, we had a nice long show. I'm doing some stand-up yeah. tonight, man. There is some uh, breaking news that just happened, oh. uh, like while we were recording. See, this the show. is what we do for you fuckers that listen all the way to the end of uh, the show. Uh, Alicia Vikander. Oh yeah, Lara yeah, I Croft. Saw, I see, yeah, I saw that man. I'm so, excited. Yeah, she's great. I, you know, mm-hmm. we 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 had her as the uh, her and Domino Gleason were the uh, breakout stars of last year. Now, well, they were certainly casting enough shit. They were. They did. They had some her especially killer shit, man. Yeah, they 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 both had I think very killer years last year. So uh, awesome to hear that. I I like her a lot. I I hope she does more things, and this will put a pretty penny in her uh, pocket, so she'll be able to go off and do other kind of artsy stuff too. So that's good. Yes, I hope liking so. it, liking it. All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. Uh.